0: Hi and welcome to More Real, a podcast about real people for real people. I wanted to create a space where I share my true feelings and those of my guests about what it's like to live in today's world, the challenges we face and how we deal with them or don't. What about all that stuff that's just not said but should be? You know, the conversations that we really want to have but don't. What do we really think and feel? What about our regrets, the dreams that we have and the stuff we should be doing but we don't? Each week, I'll be here talking to real people about real life. This is a very honest look at life and hopefully, by listening, it will help you to have a better understanding of yours. In today's episode, I'm talking to a friend of mine, Naomi who lives with her partner and two kids in a suburb of Melbourne. She's a filmmaker and has a passion for nature and living a healthy, evolved life. We discuss her family, friends, relationships, dreams, and dealing with fear. I really hope you enjoy the conversation as much as we did. Being a middle child, because mm. we're both middle childs. Children. I don't know if that's the term. Children, or, yeah. middle child, had, And I've always gone, in my family that I'd, I just didn't feel like I belonged. I was completely different to my brothers and my family, and I really thought that I was just so different. Did, and did you, when you were... Did you completely. think that?
1: Absolutely. I still And did you always...
0: Like, you always thought that?
1: Yeah. I felt like I... Like, I loved my, fam- I loved my family, mm. but I often felt like I wasn't from there. I was from somewhere mm. else. And... I just had a different way of looking at the world. I still do. And when I was younger, I wasn't comfortable with it because it made me feel like I didn't belong anywhere, you know? And, and I, I also didn't have the confidence, so I also thought there was something wrong with me because I wasn't, I wasn't the same. Yeah. And now I just celebrate it because I just realise I'm happy with who I am. I'm glad I see the world the way I do.
0: And did you talk to your parents? Did you just talk to your mum and dad about that never, ever?
1: ever, never. What was to say? Do you know what I mean? It was actually a very private thought for me about how I didn't, because I felt like I was betraying them to an extent as well, not feeling like I belonged.
0: And did it? How often did you think about it? Can I you remember all or the
1: not? Time. I, I felt it all. You know, my sisters. You know. There are similarities between the three of us but they're a lot more similar than I am. They than I am to them. Yeah. You know, they see the world in a similar way. They're also very different to each other, but there is a real similarity that there's a fundamental difference I feel between me and them. And it and it it's in our politics, it's in the way we see the world, it's the friends we have, it's in so many ways.
0: And do you think being a middle child because I think about this? No, I didn't at the time. Going back maybe not with boyfriends, but with your partner now. Do you think you thought about where you where you sat in your family versus where they sat in theirs and whether that would make you more or less compatible to them?
1: No, not at the time.
0: And you just, but now.
1: Yeah, there are certain things that come up with us where I go that is so, see he's he's the youngest, but essentially he's an only child. Because when he was born, his sisters were eight and nine years older than him. So they were already quite old. And in his kind of more formative years, they were, weren't were even around anymore. So he was mm. often with his parents on his own. So he is a bit of an only child. And it comes up every now and again in certain things. But on the whole, no, it's not an issue. It's not a thing with us.
0: And do you think, though, that he, he would have picked you because you were old, you were as the youngest, you look not and it doesn't always work like this, where the youngest child needs more. I'm talking in three children here, so it's not i don't know how it is with where there's two of you or for your only child, but if you come from three children that the youngest, certain youngest children, male or female, it doesn't matter, will look for someone who comes in the higher up in the hierarchy of their family because they would be a stronger, more maybe able to help them more. Or not?
1: No, nah, not with him. Not at all. He's not a typical youngest child. Not like sure I said, he's like said. an only child. Yeah. So he doesn't have those traits that I find are often present with youngest children where they're quite needy or, you know, they want to be looked after or. He just doesn't have those traits. It's quite different. And the differences for us come more in the way we were parented rather than where we are positioned in our family.
0: And what, those are, those are conflicts? Or they're not just conflicts. They're, they're just... It's
1: just there are certain things that, to me, are really apparent about the way we are, with the with the two of us are in the world as people separately. And more often than not, I've come back to it's because of the way that he was raised, and the way that I was raised, and the way his parents were with him, and the way my parents were with me.
0: Going back to what you said before about being a middle child, being feeling so different, did you? There's a couple of things. Did did you? Have you ever told them now, I don't know if you've just said that, like, have you told your sisters, like, recently, or, ever, I mean, oh, I just feel different to never. you? Never. No. 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 And why not?
1: Because I don't see any point. Do you know what I mean? We've all got our different perspectives. So they would, they might turn around and say, well, I feel like I never belonged. Do you know what I mean? We've all gone through the, the, the we've all lived under the same roof, we all had the same parents. But we've all have quite different experiences of what it was like growing up, you know. And it's interesting because with my younger sister, I remember it became quite. Well, she expressed, quite a few years ago, that she felt no one ever. She was not seen or heard. No one ever regarded her in the family. And my impression of that is completely different. I think she was mollycoddled and loved and nurtured. And do you know what I mean? That that was my impression. So I, I don't see any point in telling them because. They would, I'm not expecting that they should agree with me and I, don't need, the, whether I need, don't need them to agree with me or not. But they would probably have their own stuff, you know, where they didn't feel they belonged to a degree. I don't know.
0: Yes. And the this of what you just said then reminds me of something which has come up recently for me, which is the stories that we tell ourselves about what happened, how true are they? So what you just said then, oh, I, she was like that. How true is that? Now, clearly you can't go back we, it'd be great if you could to a younger version of you and to look at how, what really went on to see what was, what was it like.
1: It's funny you say that because I was listening for a podcast today and the guy being interviewed said, and it's a, quite a shamanic way of looking at things, he was saying that the shamans believe that what you believe is real but it's not true. And I think that's true of everything. And I often think, and when I hear that, I feel quite liberated because I think we can get really caught up in our stories and how true they are and how the meaning of them. And we can live our whole lives living out these stories that are essentially just stories. It's really powerful if you, if you can just go, it's a story and I can change my story any time.
0: But do you, but, but you think you do that?
1: I think you can try.
0: No, but do you do that?
1: Not enough, I want to start doing it. Yeah.
0: Because
1: I've got my own narrative going on. You know, I'm very aware of it. It's like I witness it a lot. I'm starting, I've, I'm at the point now where I'm witnessing the stories I'm telling myself and going, that's a story. Like, you keep going over that.
0: Okay, give me an example. Because I'm trying to think of how I can, that resonates with me. It does, but I'm trying to think of a story I'm telling myself and go, oh.
1: There's an element of me that gives out gives and when the giving back doesn't come back or is given in a different way there's a part of me that has this narrative where it's like well I give and no 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 do you know what I mean it's this it's really hard to explain it's like the the, the, the what I receive back needs to look a certain way it's a real narrative and, and the, what the story attached to it is well no one cares for me no one gives me the what gives to me that regards me the way I regard them it's an oh, it's a really old story of mine, and I've, I'm I, I don't do it as much as I used to. Does that make sense?
0: It does, but where does where does where does that come from?
1: There's a few theories. I won't go into one of them, but it, the one I won't go into is so accurate, it's scary. I think I talked to you about the whole North Node thing. How you find out what your North, your North Node? Yes. And my North Node, if I if you know.
0: Was it to, to, to run in the North Node again? Right? So
1: it's it's a particular positioning of the North Node. I I'm not going to be able to articulate it very well, but where you were born. So it's not, it's not necessarily... It's not your sun sign, but it is um, a positioning. So my North Node is Aries and it's what I'm leaving. I was Aries for many, many generations and in this lifetime it's where I'm moving away from. But that Aries North Node, the characteristics were... I was always behind the scenes helping someone else to become successful. So I was giving, 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 giving. My boundaries were blurred because I had no sense of my own identity because my identity was invested in somebody else. So I think that if I was to believe that, there's a leftover of that, of me giving, giving and then going, but who am I and, you know, where's the love and all that stuff. But I think it's also my childhood, you know. I think... Uh, you know I, I think if you're nurtured in a particular way and you're, you you are given um, the kind of love where a parent makes you believe and helps you believe in yourself you know they feed you they nourish you in a, in your spirit I think you grow up being pretty self-sufficient and not needing from others in, a, in an unhealthy way and when i and, and I come back to Raves because he doesn't have that in the same way that I do he just doesn't he doesn't doubt himself in the same yes he has doubts and but he he doesn't invest in the same way I do about feeling guilty and it just that doesn't exist for him he's very comfortable in himself in some ways because he
0: got that from his parents I think so
1: I think so they, they his parents were, they thought the sun shined out of his proverbial and I think that's you know There's I, I, the way I say it that sounds wrong they loved him regardless of his faults and they were interested in everything he did they invested
0: so they were present
1: very as much as you know older parents can be present you know they were quite a bit older when yes. they had him
0: yes but still uh, they were there so I get that and that makes a huge difference because you know on whatever level even though going back to the whole thing about the stories that you've told yourself yeah. how true are they really you do fundamentally know if your parents were there for you or they weren't regardless of the specifics of what actually went on. You're not going to remember that. Or you're going to tell yourself some stories which probably aren't true, but still.
1: But that whole story thing's fascinating because we are all walking around with these stories Mm. in our head. And we give them a lot of weight, a lot of importance, you know? They rule our life to a degree, really. Oh, completely.
0: As I I asked you that question, I try to think of what I tell myself. I can't think now... I can't think now. It's hard, isn't it? It is. There are some intrinsic things about me which I know are very limiting about that hold me back and, and stop me from doing stuff. But they're not necessarily stories I've told that I've told myself that are true when they're not true at all. But it, it is amazing because I wonder to what extent you're limited by that part of you limits your potential versus other there are other things which you know well
1: look you know in this podcast i I heard today like i was saying he not only talked about the stories we tell ourselves he was talking about the stories we're born into as well the religious stories the cultural stories Mm -hmm. that you know are dictated to us from the day from day dot and rule us whether we're conscious of it or not you know the whole idea of you know, being Jewish and what that means and what those stories entail and how much they've, they kind of, you know, have filled my consciousness as well. And he said, once you let go of all those stories as well, because they're just stories. It's someone else imposing an idea on you.
0: But then, but we've talked about that before. So would you say that, is that why you have less of a connection to Judaism or being Jewish or that all that, that it entails for that reason?
1: I think so, because it doesn't hold any... Because you
0: feel like that was told to you as being, this is important, this is the way you should be, versus that's not really what you just... No, and
1: I've looked at my trajectory from when I was in my teenage years, from when I really started to think about it, to now, I'm 50. I just think there's been such an unravelling of that. Because, yes, when I was with my parents, they dictated it, and I was happy to be part of that that story.
0: Mm. Were, 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 you were happy or you think you were happy? I'm not saying... Well, I, don't I think
1: know. I was happy. I think I, I bought it. I bought it all. I, I You know, I was proud of Israel. I loved Israel. I You know, all the, I was fascinated by the stories. I was happy to go to shul, synagogue. You know, it all, it, it kind of held some kind of um, meaning for me. I don't know if I even questioned it that hard. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. just felt like I've belonged somewhere. And literally, I reckon, in the last five years, I've just gone, it means nothing to me. I don't, I don't feel connected to it. What is it? What is it? I go into a, into a shul now and I go, I don't understand what's going on. I'm not, I, I don't feel connected to what's being said. It doesn't feel spiritual to me. I just feel, and, and my sense of belonging is not, is not um, reliant on that. I don't need that. That's not, I don't need to belong there.
0: And so why do you think in the last five years? Because contrary to what you just said, and contrast to what you just said, I would say that from not the get-go, but certainly in my teenage, I just was like, I don't, I, I'm here. I'm doing this because it's something that I'm being told to do. And we go, so we'll go at times to synagogue on high holy days, you know. Otherwise, I don't want to be here. There's no past me that wants to be here. And yet you didn't have that, you said in the last five oh, years. Oh, look,
1: as a kid I was bored at shul, I can't deny it. But, you know, I went to a youth group and, you know, was very Zionistic, got very caught up, wanted to live in Israel. Like, you know, it was, was, I bought that whole mythology, yeah. hook, line and sinker. And now I just don't, there's so many things I question, I just go, and I'm, I'm not comfortable with. And I you look...
0: Know, why do you think that? Do you, think, do you know why you think that's happened? Well, What's I... was What's changed?
1: I've, because I've investigated, I've, I've read mm. more and I've, you know, I'm not taking someone's word for it anymore. I'm, I'm looking into it myself and, you know, and I'm seeing how the world, how, you know, the Middle East has unravelled and what, what's really going on in Israel and a part of me just thinks, I'd say I was a humanist before I was Jewish, like, Jewish is what I was born into and I, mm. I, I love parts of the culture. But what else does it mean? I don't know what else it means. It doesn't hold much weight for me spiritually at all. Not at all.
0: And and, and to what extent do you think that the people that your your friends or your people that you surround yourself with? I mean, you could you know I could say oh well you know I I'd, I'd want I'd want to have people around me who are, are an extension of who I am, reflect who I am. Given that you talked about in the last five years you've had quite a shift in the way you've thought about stuff. Has that affected those friendships? I don't know how many are old friends, new friends, or not really?
1: My friendships have always been really varied, you know, Mm. ever since I left school and studied photography. The people I came into contact with, they weren't Jewish necessarily. They weren't from that background. I've always maintained that ever since I was in my Mm. 20s, had different friends. A lot of most of them are not Jewish, and I really like that. My love is meeting new people, speaking to people.
0: Do you do you think you said in the last five years you've questioned that bit was in relation to the questioned, Jewish bit? But I've really yeah, shifted you, my. Point no, no. But you view. do you reckon is that is that also that's one subject? Would you say as a person you've become more? you've questioned more oh, about yeah. your life, which, so so if you take that whole subject and go, right, you know what, I've, I've questioned more things. Do you question your relationships more?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I question everything.
0: But why do you think in the last five years you've questioned, that's, like I could say to you, oh, four, in your 40s, you, I, I wouldn't say that about me. So You I'm know curious.
1: what, maybe it's wrong to say the last five years because then it just, it sounds like I've, I've only ever started questioning five years ago. I think that's just who I am anyway. I think I naturally question, I ask and I explore and I research. That's just who I am. But I think there's been more of a bigger shift in the last five years than before then in, in the way that I see the world, my point of view, the way I regard myself, family, friends.
0: But has that been more challenging with... Has that meant, would you say, in your life that you've lost more friends because you've questioned what do they bring to me, or you've you've pushed people away from you because you've gone, oh, you know what, I don't know if you're giving me what I need. Has that happened?
1: Oh, yeah. It's been happening for years where I've let go of friends. You know, I remember years and years ago having friends when I was a teenager and going, feeling like the friendship was an obligation and saying to myself... Well, if I feel obligated to spend time with this person, that's not a friendship. So I've I've naturally let go of people for years, for a long time, but and I'm now at a point where I'm not really letting go of people because the people I've got in my life are people that I relate to and connect with. I have a few, fr- maybe one friend left, who we're quite different. We see the world quite differently, and I think there's just affection and history that's. You know, that's keeping our friendship going, and that's okay. You know, we don't have to talk about the stuff we don't agree with. But mostly everyone else, we're on the same page, and that's been deliberate. Because I've been drawn to these people, because I feel comfortable with them. They get me, I get them.
0: And then, how have you, because there are lots of people who'd say, Oh, you know, I've got friends. I don't have the same thing in common with them. If they're particularly if they're historical friends, they're, most people have got that. How you, what, what what how difficult was it, or to to have a friend that you'd known for a period of time? I don't know how you know. Let's say since you were a kid or or suddenly you know teenagers or whatever, where then you went after I don't know 15, ten, fifteen, twenty years. Okay, you're not. It was, wasn't
1: that. It wasn't that. Wasn't de- that defined. obvious? Okay. No, we drifted. Which I think happens with a lot of people, you drift, you know. And I think when you have kids too, it changes everything, because you don't have the same amount of time. So you have to be really quite clear about who you want to spend time with, because there's not loads of time to actually spend time with people you don't really want to be in their company. No, but have
0: you had a situation where, and I, without, I'm not going to mention names, but I've got, you know, I might know someone who I don't have the same affinity to them as they do to me and yet I'm not going mm, I might distance myself but it doesn't mean that the person does the same or it doesn't mean that they go oh I know what's going on here so therefore I can recognize that this person's moving away from me so I so you end up I end up or whoever you know ends up still being friends with that person when maybe they're not as you just said someone who's in tune with me and I... You
1: know. I don't know, you know, I, I think I've got to the point now where life is just too short. I don't want to spend it with people that I have to make... People that don't see me, that I have to curtail an aspect of myself when I'm in their company. The people I'm with are like-minded, but they don't agree with everything I say. It's not like I'm with carbon copies of myself. But I, I'm with people who... We resonate on the same vibration, mm. you know? And, and I like that. And, and they're as curious as I am about life and open-minded and they're, they're interested in ideas and they're humanist and that's what I'm drawn to. And politically we're probably in the, on the same yeah. page as well. And I think, it, I think I find it interesting talking to people that are different to me, but I don't necessarily think I'd be such great friends with them. Which yeah. is not to say all my friends are the same people. They're all different. But there's just fundamental things that I find, I look for in friendships now. Yeah. And
0: then, so, so, to what extent would you say your partner, husband, wife, whatever you want to call that person, that you because I, you know, I was, I mean, I'm separated, divorced, whatever. That I think marriage is a flawed concept, or a long relationship is a flawed thing because you change, the other person changes, don't change at the same time. To what extent, given there's a theme that you've just talked about, if we go back to the very beginning about being feeling like you're different in your family because you're a middle child, questioning stuff as you've gone throughout your life, that in a relationship with the same person where you wouldn't have those kind of issues where you'd go, "Mm, you know what, you're you're just not the person that you were because obviously you wouldn't be, the other person wouldn't be. And, and has, that been has that challenged you? Have you had issues around that? No. I and if think, not, why not then? Well,
1: one, we communicate, so yeah. we talk about stuff. Two, he's constantly questioning too. We've been on a very similar trajectory where we've both grown, both come mm-hmm. to certain ideas and thoughts and points of view on certain things, especially to do with our background and our, um, how we were raised. We've come to the same conclusions, and thank God, because if we hadn't, I think it would be a real issue. But actually, we we view things very in a very similar way, so it hasn't caused conflict. If anything, it's it's been wonderful to have someone I can talk to about that stuff. Yeah, you know, and and our journeys in that in those that discovery have manifested differently. He's looked, he's done, a, he's become a lot more active in Facebook and discussing things and being very public about how he feels about certain things and how he feels he was duped and, you know, raised with a certain mythology. I feel the same way, but I'm not so public about it. I don't feel like I need to discuss it. And I have a lot of respect for the way that he views. it. You know, he, he puts it out there and doesn't really give a shit what people think. I think there's still an element of me that, that cares what people think he cares much less than I do but um, also I'm not that I don't feel the need to do that I'm happy to for my internal journey to just be a, a private one
0: and do you, do, you, do you think that you're very lucky because if I look at people typically the evolution of one person compared to another is very different
1: yeah no I am lucky luck effort making the right choice I don't know but I think you're right. I think the majority of couples don't grow together.
0: Yeah, so why do you think then that you haven't... Why do you think you've bucked the trend? Because you're right, most people don't. Most people I would know and I'd not even the people I don't know in the world. It, it's Everyone's busy. If they've got children, they work. They've got pressures. everyone we got work that. together
1: as well. So maybe, you know, we spend a lot more time together than other couples would. So we don't have... And, and that's got drawbacks too. Yeah. Because there are times where I actually wish I didn't work with him. But I actually had my own... Thing going on, I think you know. There are benefit. There are pros and cons to everything, yeah. and sometimes I do think of, of the pros of working separately. But I think that that's part of it too. A lot of our journey has been together, so you know we've experienced similar things to each other. He's my best friend, you know. Really, like I, I share everything with him. I, I respect his opinion. He sees me, he gets me, I get him. It just works. I don't know. It's always worked.
0: To what extent do you think that you're doing what you... Now, everything you could be doing, that you're not holding yourself back?
1: Oh, I'm holding myself back.
0: Do you think the stories you told yourself about things that have happened have fed into why you're not doing the things? Because obviously we know each other, you're very talented, hugely talented... It's easy for me to go, oh, God, you know, Nam, you should be doing da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But that, I'm not you, so that's silly. I don't,
1: know if, I don't know how they take the form of a story. Sometimes the story is I'm not good enough. Like that, that, that is, that's a bit of a narrative mm-hmm. for
0: me. Why do you think you're not good enough? Because you were told? Was that parenting?
1: Maybe. Maybe it was parenting. It's hard to know.
0: Yeah, but you, would, you, would you say there were times where you did something at school where you thought you did well and your parents didn't, say, or t- didn't give you the, the recognition that you thought you deserved or not?
1: I don't have a recollection of that. But I also don't want to dwell on that because I think I've, I've really gone beyond the looking at my parents or my upbringing or my, you know, I, I, don't, I, I don't want to dwell on that because I think I've come to the point in my life where I now realise this is my life. I have to make my own choices. I was given the parents I was given, I feel very lucky. I, I have now a much broader understanding of, of them and where they came from and why they made certain choices and decisions. And look, not all of them were great, but you know, I'm a lot more forgiving now. They were human, they are human. I don't wanna be stuck in the past and blaming. I just think it's pointless. So now I'm at a place in my life where actually I have to be. I have to navigate my own life I'm trying to find a new way of doing that 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 doesn't involve the old thoughts, the old thought patterns, the old stories. You know, and sometimes I get this feeling where I just want to do something really drastic, really drastic that's the complete opposite of everything else that's going on in my life. And I don't even know what that looks like, but it's this feeling inside of me. I felt it on Sunday, I said to Robes, and it's exciting. There's a part of me, it's not it's not a leave my family and you know become a different person it's just doing something completely different to the way i've always done it just to, just because i can because why couldn't i like why can't i be a different person who's to say that, who's to say i have to be like this i'm exploring all that now I'm, and in the past i would have been a bit frightened by it and thought but who am i and but that's i'm okay about that now like i'm like but who am i
0: so how are you then holding yourself back? You said you are. And I said to you, was it about stories you told yourself? You said not more because you don't want to go back to the past and that's blaming your parents on the rest of it.
1: That element of am I good enough the f- and fear hold me back, but I'm becoming a lot better at really trying to look at that and go, well, so what? You know, like I've volunteered to perform in the school band and I'm going to sing. And I'm petrified. I'm so scared. I can't even express to you. Singing in front of people, singing is, it feels quite huge to me. When I sing, I feel very connected to myself and that feels very exposing and very, I feel vulnerable when I think about it. But I'm also, I feel like I can't turn away. I have to do this because I feel like I have to push myself where it's uncomfortable.
0: And do you you think if I went back 10 years, would you have done the same thing then as you're doing now or do you think that's part of the evolution you talked about before?
1: I might have. I feel like in some ways I was a lot more open to... when Before I had kids, I was a lot more... I had more time. I was a single person. I got out more. I was exploring more. It was a different stage of my life. I, I think my, my thoughts were not as progressive as they are now, but I was a lot more kind of willing to try different things, and I think after I had kids, my world shrunk a little bit. Came, I became a lot more risk-averse. And I want to break out of that now, because I don't want to be risk averse. I want to try different things. I want to. I just. I want to take advantage more of what's out there.
0: But with, the, with the, going back to the fear aspect of standing up, which I think is a, a massive deal to stand and do that. So it's a lot of courage to do that. So you've done it before, yeah. which is very brave that you have done it before. So does, I was going to say to you, to what extent does that feed into the fact that you've done it before, the fact that you 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 could do it again, mm. but that you didn't say that.
1: No. Because it makes no difference. Because I'm not even thinking about how I did it before. I'm thinking about this time feels equally as frightening.
0: Which I get on some extent. There's part of me logically, my logical part of my brain goes, well, if you've done it before, and more than once, that you'd, be, you'd go, well, I could just draw on that experience and then use that. But maybe, maybe
1: I should think about that more. You're right, maybe I should.
0: Because if, you had the courage, if you'd never had the courage to do something and you're doing it for the first time, that's a... Pu- Even to do it is a big deal. I'm not saying I'm diminishing it at all because it is a big deal for you to do what you're doing. But you've done it. So how could you do it then and not do it now? Of course you can.
1: Yeah, I can. And I will. It just feels so huge that everything else is still eclipsed. It just feels like a massive challenge. But I'm looking at things also like who I've always been... I'm tr- I'm in my own way. Gradually, I'm. I'm wanting to pick apart this person that I've created, that is Nemi. Like I want to. I want to challenge these preconceived ideas or, con- or conceived ideas I have of who I am.
0: And can you, okay, can you give me? Can you give me another oh. idea of what something where you, which is a preconceived idea, that's not really who you are.
1: Oh, that's such a hard one, because I'm at the point now where I haven't, I haven't got to. I'm, I'm, th- I'm thinking of that I the notion of that, rather than picking out certain things. And I, uh-huh. I'm not at that stage quite yet. Yeah. Does, does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, completely. Yeah, completely.
0: Because then, of course, I'm then fascinated to know. Well, okay, so what was it? How did you? What did you do to to address that? And has it worked? Because that's clearly a lesson for me and for lots of other people to go wow that was something this is actually
1: you know what when I turned 50 it was really quite confronting for me not so much the day that I turned 50 but the whole year leading up to it because there were a lot of things I looked at in my life and I thought I've been dreaming about so many things and I still haven't done them and it was actually really confronting I actually felt like quite a failure it was a really uncomfortable time like I just I couldn't escape it It was always there. And when you fall into that headspace, you start comparing yourself to other people who you think are successful. And it's even more confronting. And I think to compare yourself is one of the worst things you can do. One, it's pointless. We all have our own journey. Two, they're not you. You're not them. And also it diminishes who you are when you compare yourself to someone else. You actually eclipse yourself. But that aside, it was really painful because I just... I had a lot of realisations about myself and one of them was that I do make a lot of plans and I don't follow through with them. And
0: and why do you think that is the case?
1: You know, I don't know. Mainly, partly maybe fear holds me back.
0: Fear of failing and maybe. not succeeding?
1: Well, Rabs and I have always had this conversation about what are we really frightened of? I think it's a mixture. I think we're frightened of failure but I think we're frightened of success as well. And I think it comes down to deserving do you think you deserve to be successful? All that stuff. But I don't want to dwell on all of that, like the, the reason behind it. I don't want to analyse it anymore because I think you can sit and analyse things forever and just perpetuate that thing of not really getting anything done.
0: Yes, so, I agree with you.
1: So I, I, I'm, I'm at this point now where I don't want to think about it anymore. I just, I just want to do it.
0: It's very easy to sit here and say to me what you just said. Have you... What would you say, you know, have you... Is it kind of like, okay, now I'm going to do this and this is what I'm going to do and this is how I'm going to do that, or...? or
1: Well, the singing's one of the things, you know. I made a promise to myself that I would really develop my singing because it feels like one of those things that I really... I love. I love doing.
0: I've heard you sing. You're good.
1: Yeah, thank you. So, that was my promise to myself. So, I... I can't not do this concert. I have to go through with it because it, it makes me feel like if I don't, I'll have no integrity. Like if I can't follow through, what hope is there?
0: No, I agree with you. And do you, But do you think, oh, you've not even thought this far, where you go, okay, so once I've done what you've, so you've set this goal, it's a very clearly defined thing. You, that if once you've, it's happened and you've done it, that then you go, well, okay, so if I did that, then I can do all these things. And that would completely change and shape the rest of your life or not? Am I am I taking that too far? No,
1: it sounds great, that, that whole idea. <laughs> I think it's, you know, I think it's small steps that create the journey, you know? And I have to always remind myself of that because there's such a part of my character that just wants it different now. I've always been like that. Well, I just want to be at that point now. But I realise, and so I get impatient and I think that's part of my problem too. I've got the ideas, it's following through with them where I get impatient because I just want to be at that point. And is
0: that why you think things don't happen? Then? Sometimes
1: I think that's that—that's what comes into play for me. Well, there are you, other things, but that's definitely one of them.
0: So do you think that you go, oh, okay. Because I can resonate with what you're saying completely, where I go, oh, I've got great ideas. And then often I just, I'll pursue an idea part of the way and then it does nothing happens yeah. to it and it stops. Yeah. And like you just said before, I could quite, I wouldn't necessarily think, I don't know if this is true, that it's fear of success. Fear of failure, even though I've, not even consciously necessarily owning that, but I think that's probably the case that I don't really follow it through to the, where it should go. I give up or stop or whatever. Well, maybe that is probably because I don't, I'm afraid that it's not going to, and what happens if it doesn't? And then what am I left with? Nothing. So that, that seems like quite a a logical explanation as to why I, I give up on things. And I am impatient exactly, like I said, like you, very impatient. It's like, come on, I want it now. Now, yeah. now, 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 now. Where is it? Where is it? The...
1: And I fall in love with the romance of the new idea. Ah! You know, and I put my... Yes. But then when... And it's not like I'm lazy. And it's not like I haven't finished things. And it's not like I haven't... Hmm. You know, I, I work hard. I've got no issue with that. And I do follow things through. But there are some things where it just doesn't end up happening. You know, and I just go... Ugh. There's been too many things in my life where I go, I started it but I didn't finish it. And that's become really quite apparent to me. That a, that aspect of my character. And I'm not comfortable with it.
0: But then you said before, and I get and that's a good thing that you that you said it, that you don't want to reflect on the past. No. Because it doesn't serve you well. But there will but, but there must be to me, not must be, it feels like to me there's something in that that would help to guide you possibly to where to go mm. in, in the future in terms of what not to do mm. or not to think mm. so that you could...
1: Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it can, it, it can inform.
0: I don't know what the... I mean, I've got no idea. Mm. I don't know what's in your head to, and to know what could be those things that are stopping you from being
1: I think the best that me, you can be. my new tact, like I said to you, is to not th- overthink it. Because I can overthink it and then I can think myself into a trap, a box, and then go, oh my God, and it all just feels a little bit hopeless. I think to not overthink it and to just do it. Just stop talking about it, analysing it. Just do it.
0: Which is amazing. Seth Godin, he's a great guy, he's you know, hugely influential and all the rest of it. And, and he says... I think his phrase is just do it. You know, just put it out there, just ship it, just yeah. get it. You know, yeah. don't like you said, don't overthink it. Yeah. chances how it's going to fail. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But it doesn't matter know. exactly. And it could lead to something else. Yes, exactly. And that's invariably it will because it will. you've got to go through yeah. all those failures yeah. to get to something. Yeah. And because you you learn along the way, that's also very true. But you'll pick up things, mm. uh, which is like I said. But you'll you'll meet people and other mm. it'll take you places. As opposed to I'm not, oh, God, you know, I'm, oh, which is why I overthink it. And then don't do anything because mm. I've, I've already thought through all the possible things that could go wrong and I just don't do it.
1: Yeah. And, and then I have such respect for people who do it. And what they produce may not be that great, but, fuck, you've got to respect them for just putting it out there. Yes, I
0: completely agree You know, and sometimes
1: I find myself being critical of the work and then I just have to remind myself, actually, it doesn't matter. They tried it. They put it out there, which is more than I can say for me.
0: I completely agree with that. And even to the extent where I would say, it doesn't matter who it is, but I listen to the radio and I hear some you know, people on the radio. To me, they're shocking. Mm. They've completely got no talent whatsoever. <laughs> Not all of them, but there are some people who are quite a lot, actually. But and then I tell myself, you know what, Dan? They're out there. They're doing it. And wherever you think of them, that's just my opinion. I'm allowed to have an opinion, but they're out there. Yeah. Give them the respect, and I do, and I go, you know what? I respect you for, for being there on the radio, talking to people, having your own you know, show, that they're, they're, they're doing it. And mm. they're putting their, their name out there, their voice out there, the whole thing, that's them. There we go, this is me. Respect. Mm. Absolute respect. I, I wished I was more like that. The
1: difference between you and someone else who's writing kids' stories is that they believe that they can do it and you don't. Because you can get caught into, the better than I am. Well, how would you know? You haven't even explored it. You've got an inkling that you know you're a good, a good storyteller.
0: Yeah, but then, so, so, exactly, so why am I not...
1: That's it. What's holding you back?
0: But the point is, so what story do I consistently tell myself that means that... I'd stop myself from doing the things which... And again, we, we talked about it before, where I you know, I was saying, oh, you know what, I could... Um, uh, oh, if I had a YouTube channel, it would take me ages to be successful and get somewhere. What, but why? would what, Why? Who's to say I'm not this incredible person that everybody wants to listen to, that actually I have loads of people subscribing to my YouTube channel because they think I'm great. But I've told myself... Oh, it'll take a what? Well, I'm not saying it does, that doesn't happen for lots of people. That is their journey. But I'm sure there are lots of people who get success very quickly because it just catches on. or yeah. people. And yet, I've, and yet I've told myself that. We, like it's true.
1: It's, it's completely true. Yeah.
0: There's no part of me that doesn't believe that. That's absolutely my truth.
1: I said to Rave, this is where I'm at now and I need to c- become in alignment with this. I've always had a strange relationship with money where I think the core belief for me was that I, I don't know about deserving, but I'm just not one of those people that can easily make money. It's just not, I'm not like that. I don't care about money enough. Do you know what I mean? Like I've carried these very long held views around money. When we started doing the Paul Xavier thing, you know, this new trajectory we're going in our business where we do more online marketing and yes. stuff. He talks about people that he's taught who have done the course making 100 grand a month, or depending on how they set it up. And I just said to Rabes, We're going to make lots of money with this. Like, I don't want to limit my beliefs anymore. I have a dream. I have a dream of a house, this beautiful house, modernist, hu- humble, not some on the hill overlooking the ocean. I've got my vegetable garden, we've got our studios. It's in nature. That's, and I keep thinking I don't want that to be a fantasy, and I could feed that and make it a fantasy for another twenty years. But I'm at this point now where I go, that's got to be real. I have to make that real, and this Paul thing is going to make that real because yes. I'm going to make. We're going to make the money. I have to. I have to start dispelling old ways of being. But, but how?
0: But how? That's not easy to do because you're fifty years old. And therefore, all of the years until now, the same stories, the same thing. And this is my question to you: Is you know, it's cause obviously it's, I'm, I'm asking, I want it myself. How would I? How would you? And it's great. What well, you say it to me, you say it with passion. Like I really believe you. I'm because not saying Because I, I reckon,
1: you. I reckon the only way through it is to keep reminding yourself, it's a story. Being aware, I witness my thinking a lot. I think I'm getting better at witnessing my thinking, and I I catch myself out sometimes, and I'm like, "That's interesting, okay." I, I, you know it's almost like I gotcha. Like I I I no,
0: really? You're yeah. That aware. That's very aware. Well, I, think I I don't think I do that.
1: Well, I do because I re I'm starting to realize the things that are holding me back, and how to be stuck, the way Rabes and I have been stuck for quite a while. There's a payoff there. Like there is something is satisfying us to stay in that place.
0: That's for sure. But what do you what do you think it is? What would you say that means? Because I would go... I think it's I better the you. devil
1: you know. I think often for mm. us that's been the situation. Yes, better I the guess. devil you know than step into something that you don't know. And it's, uh, you know, it, God knows what you're going into. And how challenged will you be? And But I'm feeling I'm ready for the challenge, Dan. I'm over... The, the kind of groundhog of it all, you know. Over, yes. it's like when when am I gonna when is my life gonna start? Really, I'm 50 now. At what point? At what point do does that dream become a reality for me? And I look around and other people's dreams are coming true because they've they've been consistent.
0: Give me doesn't matter who it is, but who would you say is? you just said? we'll give me an example of someone.
1: The woman that we made the film about, the artist. Yeah, she has reached this point where. She's, I'm not looking for status or fame or whatever, but she consistently committed to her craft and has this wonderful history now, like she can look back on, that's part of her journey to where she is now and she's still exploring, and, but now she's recognised. And You know, it was quite confronting for me to, to, make, to make that film.
0: Did she become more famous more recently, you're saying, even though she was still putting out of the work?
1: She's become more famous in the last probably ten years, five years. Definitely. Because she's consistently explored her craft.
0: Because she said back in the, in, in the in film the, I watched in the, the 90s she was yeah. talked about so Yes, yeah. clearly, obviously, a long time ago.
1: And I haven't consistently committed to my craft. And the problem with me also is that, that there's lots of things I'm interested in. So I'm interested in music and I'm interested in film, but I also like textiles. and I, Yes. But, and that's great Combined with my character of starting things and not finishing them, it's become a bit. Of, it's a yeah. bit of a disaster
0: too. So, how do you address that? Then Are you going to go? I'm going to focus on one thing because I've, again, I've been told that as well. Focus on one thing. Yeah. And just, you know, that, that's it's hard
1: for me because there's a lot of things that draw my that, that 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 ignite my interest.
0: I would agree with you similarly as well. I wouldn't say there's loads of things, but certainly three or four things I could think of right now where I go to. I'm interested in all those. Mm. And I can tell myself that I will make, I'll find the time to do it. Well, I'm not doing that now because I'm not.
1: No, and I'm terrible with time management, so that doesn't help. So I find myself wasting a lot of time being very scattered. And also I've got, you know, with my kids, I want to be present. I want to be a parent that's there, you know, and that takes up time. So that is my constant challenge. Which is why Richard and I, Rabes and I, have been talking about doing the Ayurvedic thing where we get up really early and we at least get three things that matter done in the morning so that there's freed up space.
0: So what's that gone? I'm just...
1: So the idea is that you get up with the sunrise, which is, a re- well, probably even a bit before, about four or five. And they say that, according to Ayurveda, which is, you know, the ancient Indian I didn't, health yeah. system, it's like traditional Chinese medicine, but it's the Indian version, that those hours, those early morning hours, are the most creative hours. And you're you're open. Your spirit is
0: open. So, okay, so worms if you're... So I go, that sounds fantastic. I, I completely get what you're saying. I'm not a morning person, though. I, I get tired. I don't wake up early in the morning. I'm just not. Well, I'm, I'm, I miss out on all that. Or... I've got to force myself to wake up because I'm missing that, uh, well, that window Well, is that opportunity. another story?
1: You're not a morning person? Well,
0: yeah, that's what true. What if you got into
1: a habit? I know for me, once I start, my body just automatically wakes up. Trust me, it's been difficult trying to do it, especially in winter where you're trying to get up early and it's the last thing I want to do is get out of bed. But I also realise it's going to free me up because I can meditate, I can do my create some creative work in the morning, I can write in my journal... And so by the time I have to wake the kids up, I'm satisfied because I've got at least three things done yes. that fill my soul.
0: And so you have been doing that regularly or a bit no, summertime? No, no,
1: no. Um, I, I managed to do it and then I stopped. And, and rab- why did you
0: stop? Just it, because something it got happened?
1: Co- it got cold and it was hard to get out of bed. Yeah. And then Rabes is not, not easily stirred in the morning. So that made it harder. You know, he wasn't getting up. So it, was just, it just became quite difficult, but I'm desperate to do it because I know that it's going gonna, it's gonna to make such a difference.
0: Well, it gives you the, the, all that extra time, so yeah. you're absolutely right. Yeah. And also, it's, it's, it's nourishing, feeding you in a, in a way which is going to make you just be happier yes. and more likely to then yeah. want to pursue the, the, yeah. the other stuff or the same stuff, but just do, do it more of the time. So. And there's
1: something really beautiful about those hours where no one else is up. And you're writing in your journal and, I don't know, I just get real clarity. Well, one of the podcasts I recommended to you, she talks about soul writing. Have you heard about that? No. So basically you, you write and it's a way of accessing your soul and getting answers. Because your soul knows what it needs, it knows its path. And doing this particular writing helps you connect with that wisdom that is in you, you're just not always connecting to it.
0: So will you just write? Look, Google it. Okay.
1: Google soul writing, how to do soul writing. That would help me, I think. Oh.
0: Well, I, no, I f- think I know.
1: I find when I'm doing my journal sometimes, I flip from me to as if someone else is telling me. And I know I'm channeling. I can feel it when it flips. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's really powerful. And I get all this advice.
0: And, and when you're doing your journaling, you're just writing? Yeah. What is it, whatever's in your head? Yeah, yeah. So it just literally just comes out yeah. and flows.
1: it's really powerful. That yeah,
0: is, that's very powerful.
1: Yeah. Because how do you know what you want if you're not always, if you're not checking in with yourself? Because all this chatter, that's yeah, not that's what you not, want.
0: That's your brain, that's which is your extremely brain. clever. Yeah. And protecting you yes. and doing all the things it thinks it should when actually And saying it's not. the same old stuff yes. and
1: for bringing up the same yes. old fears. And it bypasses that when you write, when you...
0: Well, it taps into a completely different like yeah. part of your brain that's not, yeah. Because it obviously goes, okay, brain, you're in the background. Well, you're I don't even around. think
1: it's coming. It's, I think it's your soul. Well, I think it's your well? higher self, whatever you want to call it.
0: I have got a few things to do, but yeah, well,
1: <laughs> just commit to writing every morning.
0: Well, I do like the idea of that, and I've thought about doing that. And then, I, of course, I, I and I think I even bought a notebook Mm. that was going to be... I went, okay, you know what, I'll just just do it. Mm. And I don't have my children the whole time in the week. So I've got four days. Mm. Well, there's no excuse. Well, I can't get up. Because the thing is, I know that I've read... A number of people, one person in particular, said, you know, just journal for five, ten minutes. That's all you need to do. Well, I haven't got five or ten minutes. Yeah, that's it.
1: I'm telling you, you'll see how profound it is. You already know.
0: Well, exactly. I, I can draw enough. on that experience. Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't think I've still got them, but if I was to read what I, I think I have in the past, and was like, "Wow,
1: so insightful!"
0: It is, and also the things, even the the stuff that's negative, then that it comes out of your head. Mm. You write it down; it's not in your head anymore.
1: No, and you realize how ridiculous it is when you see it written down.
0: Yeah, yeah. But often I would start off from memory. I can remember it now. Where I'd start off being negative and worrying and this issue, and oh my god, what's it, what's going to happen with this? And da da. And then it would change to, you know, I'm really excited because yeah. I'm going to... You know, yeah. that just shows you because yeah. I've got it out of my head. Yeah. It's not in there the whole time yeah. anymore. Like it is typically in a day. I'm not hearing that voice telling me that I'm not good enough or mm. can't do that or won't succeed or whatever. What would make your life more real?
1: Being more connected to myself. It's my, my life's challenge. And even that's a story because it's not even a challenge i just got to do it. And I know what I need to do. I'm just not doing
0: it. (laughs) Okay. That's a good place to stop. Thank you. Thank you for listening to More Real. I truly hope you've enjoyed the experience and that you will continue to be here to explore real life with me. If you have, please tell anyone you know about More Real. I love creating a space for real conversations. So if you know anyone who would want to be on this podcast please email me at morereal1, one, one is spelt O-N-E, at gmail.com. Once again, morereal1 at gmail.com. I'm very grateful, as always, for your support.